0: Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Friends at Social CBD, I get lots of questions about CBD products. Lots of claims are made out there. Difficult to answer with certainty because the clinical science just is not there yet. i have luckily connected with an Oregon-based company that's all about high-quality ingredients and manufacturing standards. No hype. They've previously been called Select CBD, but they've just relaunched as Social CBD. Social CBD focuses on broad-spectrum oil, something else you've heard about but might be a bit confused. Hemp has over 60 non-psychoactive cannabinoids and CBD, of course, just one of them. Broad-spectrum oil goes beyond CBD isolates and contains additional active compounds that work together to create what's known as the entourage effect. This can more effectively then deliver calming and relaxing effects some people are looking for. Social CBD's broad-spectrum oils contains zero THC, so there's no high and none of the risks associated with hamper cannabis. They're available in great tasting tinctures like vanilla mint, pomegranate tea, Meyer lemon, simply drop it under your tongue for maximum effect. Social CBD products are available in a range of formulations, each of which is clearly described so you can make an informed decision without all the promises that, well, they're just too good to be true. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash socialcbd, that's my website, drdrew.com slash S-O-C-I-A-L-C-B-D. for a limited time, you can save 20% at checkout with the code Dr. Drew. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, keep the winds and the sails of those Corolla pirate ship. This big here, Corolla pirate ship. And uh, check out everything at drdrew.com We've got a family podcast there. Don't forget uh, After Dark, it's there. You might like that. Uh, Gary, I just assigned you to watch... The Robert Paul Champagne series and the uh, home visit I do to him well that I make on his behalf and uh, one of the more traumatic experiences that I've been through Gary uh, I think you need to bone up on that
1: I, I was actually just googling him and the first things that come up are deeply concerning
0: <laughs> he for those of you that are YMH or your mom's house fans he's the try it out guy and I went and uh, visited his home and it was quite enlightening and uh, I bring cameras and we'll check it out uh, try it out you got to see the, the real thing Uh, Also, uh, sign up, if you don't mind, at DrRoo.TV. We're doing a streaming show every week where you can interact. And we just send out a blast when we go live with that. And uh, it's been a pretty cool, interesting uh, show on multiple platforms. So whatever you're watching on, we will be there on those afternoons where we do those shows for a couple hours. It's my privilege to welcome Dr. Venus Nicolino back to the show. Welcome, Dr. V.
2: Thank you for having me. And you said that so eloquently. I have a lot of people choke over all the vowels. There's a lot of ravioli <laughs> it, it, in that it, name.
0: It, it, it is. There's it ravioli, and it's, it's bordering on Hawaiian. There's so many vowels, right? I, mean,
2: I haven't heard that, but I like it. I mean, it.
0: vowels- uh, I'll take they, it. They got rid of all the consonants, and they made that the Hawaiian language. Exactly. Right? So exactly. I'm
2: down. I'm down. Except
0: you kept the V and the N, and those are very, very powerful Continent. Yes. So, how is marriage boot camp going?
2: Uh, it's going. Uh, we actually have our uh, finale, mm-hmm. I believe, next Friday. Is it nine? Yeah, thank on you, WeTV. thank you for that. Thank Friday you. Nine, WeTV. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 going. I mean, it's, it was an interesting season, as as you know. I mean, I always say that you and I live in the same house, but you live in like the penthouse, and I live in the garage. How dare you? <laughs>
0: You're both you, in the middle floor. Like, like,
2: like you do the more fun stuff, uh, sometimes, <laughs> and maybe even slightly more legitimate. But oh, hey, dare you. How
0: dare you? I'll come help you on marriage boot camp yes. anytime. I'm sure you have plenty of needs for my services. We do, we do, yeah. for
2: sure. For sure. So yeah, that's it's it's going well.
0: Good. That's been a that's been how many seasons now?
2: So the show has been on the air for thirteen seasons, wow. which is insane that when you think insane. about it. I have done eight of those seasons. Let me do a
0: house call on yours. We'll, we'll do an addiction yes, house call. Yes, that would we'll be great. Do a great. Little mini intervention on somebody because it's got to be at least half of them have some yeah.
2: uh, Oh. So. Yes. Actually, a lot. I know. Yeah. And
0: and then the way reality works is they carefully hide that, or they mm-hmm. won't let you deal with it, or mm-hmm. or put it off for later, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the story arc. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, you had said it so eloquently the last time I was here, which was um, the production of those shows and what the doctors are on there to do Mm -hmm. are consistently running um, in opposite directions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I find that really stuck with me because I couldn't really figure out what exactly is it. That at times causes me to feel like incredibly uncomfortable, and oh it's God. exactly that.
0: It, it's it's so yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, because they are undermining. Everything you're right. Trying because to do. you're
2: you're there. Because obviously, you know, people love to see conflict. Healthy right? Healthy
0: is boring. I know. Sorry. I know. Healthy is boring.
2: <laughs> I, I I say that and all the time. And treatment
0: is boring too. Treatment That's the other is boring. Thing.
2: Being healthy is boring. Yeah. So, um, I I feel you on that in a in a very real. Do you ever way.
0: watch the TV show the scripted show Unreal?
2: Uh, I've oh, heard of it, and I'm it's assi- so just true. I,
0: just, I assigned, yeah. Gary, some viewing. You, I'm assigning you yeah. just the first episode. Right. You well, only have to watch one episode, yeah. and you'll get a feel for it right away. Yeah. And you will be able to recognize – Many of your staff yeah. on that are actually people represented on that scripted show from your staff. I'm yeah, sure. I heard, yeah, I heard. I
2: heard that mm-hmm. that is the case, and mm-hmm. it's very. Even though it's scripted, mm-hmm. it's true. Accurate. It's very accurate. Yep. Exactly.
0: It goes a little over the top, but but the the basics of it are quite accurate.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I always remembered that that our our goals are running in opposite directions. Right,
0: and and you can and that can be okay. To a point, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you can just you got to put certain lines in the sand yeah. for the production team, mm-hmm. and then you and then you, on the other hand, have to have faith in them that they know how to create things that people want to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's it is a cross purposes, but yeah. but if you don't get eyes, whatever you're trying to, what you hope to get out to the public yeah. doesn't get out anyway. Yeah. So you have to figure out a way to navigate it where mm-hmm. you can keep it safe, do what you need to do, them not totally. <laughs> damage your patients mm-hmm. and still get the yeah. TV they want.
2: Yeah. And even now, you, you bring up a good point about addiction, mm. that oftentimes we don't show that.
0: I know. Because I, I, find I that, can see it. I, can see I find it.
2: that fascinating, that it's really a topic that well, people want to do, stay away from. Let
0: me come help you next yes. time. I'll just be a, sw- a swing by. Yes, a swing by. And just, or even do a little lecture about addiction or something, and see how yeah. they respond to that. And no. then you can go deal with them <laughs> once they start spinning as down. a result of seeing themselves. I'm so a down larger. for that. Yeah, anything like that. Come through,
2: to, Dr. Drew.
0: Happy to do it. <laughs> By the way, you can find Dr. V's website at Talk to the number two D R V. Talk to Dr. V, and then Dr. Underscore V Underscore Tweet is the. Uh, your Twitter handle. Is that a new Twitter handle? I no, like that's
2: that. the same, but I'm so impressed with your ability to say all that because I don't know. People are like, what are your Instagram?" I'm like, I have no clue. Like, wait, it's what scary. are the rules here? Are we allowed to curse here? What oh, yeah. What's up? Fucking it's awesome. Thanks,
0: thanks man. <laughs> 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 so so what's, going, what's ahead for you? What do you think? What are you thinking about?
2: Well, I, I, I love the fact that you're brainstorming about coming on the show, um, but what I want to do is with my book, uh, the one that bad we were, advice. Okay, the one So that, yeah.
0: last time Dr. V and I were together, Gary was in New York City at the Ninety Second Street Y. Yeah, we actually did a presentation there. Again. Oh wow, yes, it
2: was so fun. It was. And let, fun. Me, uh, let me tell you what, what happened. So, um, Gary, are you listening? Thank you. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so what ends up happening is I asked Drew to you know do me a solid and come and talk with me or interview me at the Ninety Second Street Y, thinking that like. I had the main stage like this is HarperCollins. We're dealing with like a real publishing company. So Drew says, oh, yes, of course. That would, that would be great. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so amazing. I'm practicing. I'm like thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm thinking about it throughout the like I just wanted to go so well. I fly all the way out to New York City. Drew, thank God, is there. Um, we get there and we are in, I swear to God, the tiniest little classroom, and there were people packed.
0: It, is a, it was a classroom. I got there I early. Was so overwhelmed. And there were children in that classroom before we and got there with blocks say, and things.
2: I just want to say, Drew, from the bottom of my heart, I love you because you made me feel – you helped me feel so good regardless um, it was a great of event. what was happening around us. It was a us. great event. So – I just and it was a deep, just a weird
0: they stuck us yeah, in that little room, was, but fuck it. We didn't did a great event anyway. And it
2: was so beautiful. Yeah. I remember you were talking to um, a woman in the front row and I she started her. crying. I know. It was so powerful and so beautiful. So um, so bad advice, how to survive and thrive in an age of bullshit. That, I would love to make that into a a TV show of all the bad That's advice a great idea. You It get. almost
0: could be a movie.
2: All the bad Somebody advice. Somebody could make a
0: script out of that. That's true. Yeah.
2: But it also could be almost like I don't know if anybody watches the doctors anymore. Yeah. But a better doctors where like you're talking about all the bad advice you get, but then you're t- like, does an apple a day really keep the doctor away? You know, that kind of shit. Go,
0: go through some of the stuff that you talk about in bad advice because there's well, really a lot of interesting stuff. In
2: well, in, in, in bad advice, well.
0: So now don't give it all away. I won't give it all
2: away. away. But so, for example, there's one chapter called um, You Can't Love Anyone Until You Love Yourself. What a crock of shit yeah like i was like and people repeat this over and over and over again and and, and by the way i just want to point out why i i think it's important that we stop saying this kind of bs because look there was at one point where we thought the world was flat Mm -hmm. so we revolved our lives around a flat world Mm We thought bloodletting would help people. We thought lobotomies were good.
0: We thought opiates so, were good.
2: Exactly. So there's this idea that theories matter. Oh, yeah. How we think and how our worldview is affected by theories matter. Yeah, yeah. So if you believe you can't love anyone until you love yourself, it's going to affect how you see yourself yep. and how you see other people. Yep. So the book sets out to scientifically and biologically inform people. Are these statements true? And if they're not true, why are they not true? And what is really the good advice to that? So without giving too much away of the book.
0: Th- Give me a the- little more because <laughs> there's so many great little aphorisms in there.
2: So um, another uh, one. Um, I don't talk about this one that much, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad of the opportunity. Honesty is the best policy. Oh, yeah. Is it?
0: Because on average,
2: we lie 52 times a day. Mm-hmm. So while it might be the best policy, it's not the real policy, right? It's not the honest policy. And little, little, tiny, polite lies make the world go round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if I were to tell you my- you like that steak? My, my, oh, my, it's great. Oh, it's great. It. Or even like your grandmother who gives you that fugly sweater yeah. every Christmas. You know, this is so ugly. I can't stand that. Like you would never do that.
0: It's just courtesy.
2: So there's- there's a difference between these polite – let's say I – don't, I don't even like the word lies. I don't even like the word white lies. But there's just – there's something about helping the world go around yeah, with
0: sort courtesy. Of, sort of grease for the wheel.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. And I talk in the book how people love to hide behind um, – being truthful with oh being God. mean. It's the worst. I'm just being honest. Yeah. No, you're not. You you're can't mean.
0: handle me because I'm honest. Yeah.
2: No, that's not actually not true. You're just mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and that, that distance is a, like, oceans apart between yeah. being mean and being honest, mm-hmm. right? Um, so people hide behind that. So, so that's one of my, it's later in the book, but it's a chapter that I added because I heard someone saying, during all this political stuff that's happening, mm. honesty is the best policy, oh, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, yes. going to take that one down. Right. But I'm working on um, a second book about all the bad advice you get with sex.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be out of control, right?
2: <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So fun.
0: I mean, that just is an endless supply oh, of nonsense. Endless.
2: endless. So, um, yeah. So, So my goal would be to have bad advice, you know. Well, and we debunk all this bullshit, you know? Why not? so So fun. How how do we
0: construct the show? Let's think about this. Would the show be people, like guests, like like real people coming in and talking about the bad advice they've gotten?
2: We could do Man on the Street. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We could do uh, a guest coming on. We could have celebrities. Um, It could be me, you, and maybe one other person or two other people. gamify it
0: a little bit, like give bad advice and people have to call out what the bad advice is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's the worst advice you ever got? I'm curious.
0: Well... What, what pops in my head is uh, in 1984 yeah almost 85 I was an intern uh, in and doing general medical rotations and I was doing radio one night a week and I was doing what I thought was community service because the AIDS epidemic was underway okay and we were just starting to call it AIDS it was mm-hmm. called grids when I started my training and I was dealing with people dying every day, just just, just constantly di- dying, 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 nothing we could do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And no one was talking to young people about it. I, I was just – I was shocked. I was like, wait, no one's, you, don't, they, you. do you know what they're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell them about what right. the risks are. Right. And so I just went ahead and did it. I just mm-hmm. thought I was doing community service once a week. Well, there was a newspaper article about it and my residency director found out about it and went, freaked the fuck out. I remember he called me in his office and he had the article from the LA Times sprayed out on his desk and he was sitting down and standing up and screaming and pounding me. He was spitting on me. He was so upset from across his desk. Upset over what? You know, you got to put it in the context. You're too young to remember this period of history. Young people weren't having sex as far as the, the oh, world okay. was. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. You don't talk to young people okay. about sex because they don't – So you have, were talking about you know, something taboo. To to young people okay. both all the crazy things okay. because they weren't having sex. <laughs> uh, co- condoms <laughs> right. were behind the counter with the hypertensive meds. Right. You'd have to ask the pharmacist to bring out your Trojans. Yeah. Uh, the term safe sex Hadn't mm-hmm. been coined yet Just no conversation right. About this at all
2: I love how you <laughs> say I'm too young I will forever Thank <laughs> you for that compliment Two years away from 50 Thank you
0: <laughs> You are too young To really remember this You are Because because it was really on At that time that mm-hmm. We'd had the sexual revolution But yeah. the adult Who assumed it was Just for them Never imagined adolescence. Yeah. Yeah. Adolescence were never too they yeah. Married to have sex and, like,
2: and some people Still believe that by the
0: way <laughs> Oh my god Yeah
2: some parents Are living in complete denial
0: It's not as bad as it was Trust right, me right. So anyway he was screaming. is something wrong with you. How could you do something like this? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Stop or else was sort of the thing. And uh, I thought, oh my god, my judgment is off. This is uh, maybe there's something mm-hmm. wrong with me, and I better stop and lose mm-hmm. my residency position. Blah blah, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And he called me back like a week later, and he goes, he goes, look, I, I just, I just want you to get this advice. You're going to ruin your career. This is going to ruin your career. Do you understand? So you need to stop this. I'm trying to save you from ruining your career. Mm-hmm. Worst fucking advice. Anybody, tw- I was 24 years old, or maybe I was, I was 25 years old. Any 25 year old should not be speaking to a, fi- any, you're, you're my age. Anybody over no. 50, 25 year old should not speak to. Because <laughs> Not when it comes to career advice. Because, we, you can see things when you're in your early mid twenties. That, yeah. that the those of us that have moved on, we can't see it. We don't see it no, the way they see it. it.
2: It's actually really true. I yeah. mean, there's a saying, and I forget what language, but it basically says that revolutions are started by the young. Yeah. So there's a there's a kind of a. Uh, a dumb wisdom that goes along with yeah. being in your 20s, well, right? Well, there's
0: an energy and then there's a vision because yeah. you're seeing things looking up from your adolescence into mm-hmm. the adult world as opposed to down from your right. middle age. From, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just different.
2: So don't take any advice from me or Drew. Yeah. yeah so
0: so we we'll listen. So when my kids started my career, I just bite my tongue. i said, okay, figure it out. Just, right. figure it out. Right. Uh, but that was a deep learning lesson for me about- Young people. And so about you everything.
2: digested this bad advice well, and you, you took it for a while.
0: I you, stopped. You stopped. And I, I even consulted with attorneys and stuff like what my position should be and stuff. And I stopped. I thought, well, something's wrong with me. Wow. Uh, six months later, within this, things were moving very fast back then. You, you Again, you wouldn't have really known this or remembered it. But within six months, all of a sudden, there was this tremendous uprising from within the medical community. We must be talking about this. Wow. Doctors have to talk about the HIV. Wow! It's, it's everybody is talking about. Did it. you
2: feel vindicated?
0: Not yet. Not so, yet. <laughs> so I so I went. I tiptoed back on the air quietly. Didn't let anybody write any articles or anything. Right. I just started doing it again right. one night a week, and just would do it if I was on call or something. I right. wouldn't do it because I, I just thought it was the right thing they to do. do. Yeah. Fast forward three years. Uh, the same residency director who made me his chief resident three years later mm-hmm. maybe you know essentially ran his program three mm-hmm. years later mm-hmm. came up to me about six months before that moving into that position and said, are you still doing that radio show like 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 our conversation had never it had happened never happened and he goes uh, i 'll tell you what i 'll do it now you just you, you step aside i i 'll be the one now it 's fine i 'm ready." I'm ready. I thought, you fuck. fuck <laughs> oh, my oh God. Near, fuck, I will find my moment. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. Well, you found your, mom, yeah. your moments yeah. for sure.
0: And so I just thought, oh, my God.
2: So you're, 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 your bad advice is so legitimate. Yes. Mine is yes. not. My what bad, advice, mean, is not, not? My bad advice is not legitimate. You
0: mean you get, it's you much lighter. Well, tell, tell me. Whoa, much lighter. Tell me, tell me. Was it relationship advice? Because yeah. that's where the really bad advice usually comes well, from.
2: Well, it was more about body hair. <laughs> Which is always like weird advice, I suppose.
0: (laughs) It it depends what part of the body and how much hair we're losing (laughs) when you get right down to it.
2: So um, I had a girlfriend tell me that, okay. It's already started. Yeah, exactly. This is early 20s. Hmm. The way to avoid having sex on a first date is that you don't shave your legs or your vaginal area.
0: This sounds like. Mom, I don't know if we could say pussy yeah, on here. Whatever. whatever, mom is trying to. That was that dog. wasn't my mom.
2: It wasn't my mom. No, no but heard mom. <laughs> yeah, so she was like, "That's the way to avoid it." So you, you know, so so you'll feel like shame, I suppose, from no, your no, hair. No, no, I think
0: I think that the idea is that will slow the guy down.
2: No, I think it's about, it'll you? slow you down. Okay. Like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, you want to be that. freshly groomed. You want to be smooth.
0: So, either way, the presumption is one of two things. Pe- Women can't control themselves. <laughs> right, right. Or, or, or men are <laughs> really <laughs> miserable creatures. <laughs> what?
1: What?
2: So there I was, like, who was now my husband on the first date. Oh, no. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm, there's no way. Like, I didn't right. wax. Right. I'm a mess. W- 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 like what's going to happen here, and it didn't matter. Of course not. We fucked on our first date, yeah, yeah, and we've well, been fucking ever since. Right, didn't good, matter.
0: Right. Well, for the guy, it doesn't matter. Trust me, <laughs> it he's, didn't matter. He's underway. It's underway. So
2: that was the worst advice. There could
0: have been a wild animal could have sprung out. It would, they would be like, right, <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Get rid of the raccoon. We're good. <laughs> yeah,
0: relax. It's all fine. Yeah, which is which is why your new book will be so interesting. Yeah, fun. Who knows how many crazy things people get. Exactly. Exactly. And it goes
2: back to what you were talking about, really, with your bad advice about sex.
0: Sure, it, people and,
2: are f- afraid to talk about sex. I mean, well, we live it, in this like faux puritanical society. There's
0: that, but it it, it dovetails into biology, right? Mm-hmm. We're really talking about biological operation, and people just can't get their head around the fact that they're biological, and so they still have kind of magical thinking about biology, <laughs> and so they love folk tale and folk wisdom and folk whatever, yeah, yeah. and so they, they'd prefer that to. Just basic biological studies, right, right. Which I find deeply disturbing. But that's the world we live in.
2: Well, I mean, could you say it's religion?
0: Uh, I mean, that's a yeah, easy that's all in target. there. Yeah, I mean, it's all in there, right? Yeah. So morality and religion and ethics yeah. and human behavior and guilt and right. you know, you get right down to it. Um, it's interesting. How do we get into this topic? But I'm going to go. Yes, which, go. <laughs> which is that you know when you think about the history of the human being uh, throughout human history. Until about 50 years ago. Think about that. The entirety of the human experience throughout history until 50 years ago, sex meant pregnancy. Pregnancy meant death at least 30% of the time. Mm-hmm. If it didn't mean pregnancy and death, it meant an STD. And pelvic inflammatory disease meant death. Mm-hmm. Urinary tract infection meant death. Mm-hmm. There was yes. nothing that you'd get your No antibiotics, nothing. Nothing. So everything about sex – and you're a parent and you know the power of that drive and you know if this child gets
1: mm-hmm. oh,
0: going with it, mm-hmm. they could die. Mm-hmm. Not only are we going to have a child on our hands here for 18 years, mm-hmm. but this, this woman, this girl could die yep. because of this we one. we got to make it scary. Got to make it scary. Mm-hmm. Got to make it seem just mm-hmm. – and, and weird. We'll give mm-hmm. it weird names like mm-hmm. venereal disease. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. weird name, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where the, where'd they come up with that? I don't know. Venal? From like <laughs> venal sins? <laughs> venereal What's that up, What's the etymology of venereal Uh, Because we only in the modern era started calling it sexually transmitted. disease, yeah, yeah. So these are – yeah, I really believe that's where a a lot of weird stuff that we have culturally is to scare kids Mm -hmm. because we didn't know how to shape their behavior throughout Mm -hmm. much of history. Mm -hmm. And the things that resulted from improper shaping of the behavior Mm -hmm. were really, really dangerous
1: for most of human history. Right. Got it?
2: I I love when you mansplain things to me. You're so sexy. Thank you.
1: It comes from the Latin uh, Venus, which means sexual love. I knew that was going to happen.
2: I knew that was going to happen. I was hoping that he forgot about it. Damn it, Gary. (laughs) He's always on it.
1: Oh, Gary does not forget. You accuse me of not listening (laughs) earlier. I'm like extra on it today.
2: Are you listening? (laughs) Always.
0: Always listening. So that's – I can't wait to get that book. That's going to be good fun. Are you going to like like, cull together – you know, you you want to go on like on Emily uh, Morris show. I'm going you know, on there
2: on her show next month. Actually, okay. When you go yeah. on,
0: ask for yeah. bad advice. Yeah, ask, tell me all the bad advice. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
2: So that'll be fun to write. Um, and I I I love the creative process of of actually writing. Mm.
0: Um, I'm writing a book with my daughter right now.
2: Oh, do tell.
0: Uh, it's about consent for young adolescents. Apparently, it's great need, huge need. Brilliant. And uh, we are trying to pull consent away from the medical legal jargon and out of the hostile camp jargon mm-hmm. <laughs> and into how do you just have empathic relations with good boundaries and know yourself and then listen to the other person. And guess what? If you do, you'll, be, you'll make good choices and you'll mm-hmm. render good consent. Mm-hmm. We're sort of building it up that way. Given you're not drunk. Yeah, there's no consent when you're <laughs> – I, I, I would – you know – I, I'm sort of hardcore on that. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe maybe a glass of wine, but beyond mm-hmm. that, I'm not sure we're talking about consent anymore. Wow, because we're altered. As soon yep. as you're altered, it's like, well, that's you know. Yep. You don't know.
2: I love that though. Like making it making it less hostile.
0: Yeah, it's, and more it, relational. It's a lot of the stuff I look at. Yes, it's exactly we want it mm-hmm. to be relational. And about healthy relations mm-hmm. and less about I'm pissed <laughs> because, yeah. because so much of the literature out there mm-hmm. is I'm pissed mm-hmm. and we've kind of moved past that. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that uh, – please do not misquote me on that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the, this does, isn't necessary and isn't needed mm-hmm. is an important conversation. Mm-hmm. But to remain just in these mm-hmm. pissed zones, is not necessarily right. moving us forward.
2: Yeah. It needed to be loud. It needed to be rageful. It needed that. And now it's like, okay, how can we really deal with this issue?
0: uh, Yeah. And and it's going to stay angry for a long time because I'll tell you what. I used to go around – I don't think I talked about any of this when we were at the 92nd Street Wine, but I used to go around and give talks at colleges. And uh, I was just always challenging the hookup culture thing because there was all this data that showed women were very unhappy with it, that Mm -hmm. they perceived their social choices in college life throughout the land as – Random hookup, uh, friends with benefits, or uh, there was one – oh, or a boyfriend-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That's it. Those mm-hmm. are your three choices, nothing else. Mm-hmm. And they were very unsatisfied with all the choices. But the organizing experience was hooking up. And so I said, well, hooking up is so and, – and the one piece of data that was omnipresent was when somebody is engaged in a random hookup, they're always loaded. 100%. Mm-hmm. So my question to the audience would always be, if that's the organizing experience of your college life, why do you have to be fucked up to do it? Yeah. Men, why do you have to be fucked up? Gary, why in college do you have to be fucked up to do a, hook, a random hookup? Confidence give me another give me other words for that yes you're in the that's what I always hear things like this Go uninhibited a, right Anxi- yeah. reduce your anxiety sure yeah it was generally just I it's a, it, I really 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 want to do this but mm-hmm. man it's a tall order I could hurt somebody I could get hurt myself I could it's anxiety I get rege- ah, ah, well, ah, I'm there, anxious there's also
2: the social factor that we just got done talking about a random hookup god like you would be seen for women as a whore well
0: so so that's so men are then, studs
2: whatever so, so
0: so the men but they did not worry their concern was this is a tall order that makes me anxious and mm-hmm. the alcohol helps, helps me deal. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would always give, give them to talk first. And then I would go, okay, ladies, you've heard the men, mm-hmm. all of them. What are you What are you drinking for? Mm-hmm. Silence. Not a hand goes up. Now, the hand goes up eventually and goes beer goggles, right? So I can tolerate <laughs> this. I go, okay, got it. The men, the men wear beer goggles you're too. good looking. You, <laughs> both wear, you both wear beer goggles. Got it. But still room was silence. And inevitably, right in the front third, you know, audiences always distribute themselves in really interesting ways. Yeah, yeah. Always the front third there, in the in the center of the room. Always, uh, any sense, what, Gary? Do you want to guess what I would hear? A young a girl would always raise her hand and very coyly I, go. I don't
1: know if it'd be the first thing, but I would. Uh, to what Doctor V was saying earlier about how you could be perceived—that's a bit of a get out of jail. Yeah, you get heart.
0: you get a little bit of that. You'll, you sometimes get some women going. Oh, I can blame them. I have something to blame. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. I go. Did I hear that the guys needing something to blame? So mm-hmm. why why do mm-hmm. you have to blame something?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, silence. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk. They're all ashamed. And then one girl mm-hmm. goes, "I make sure I drink, so when this thing happens, I don't have any feelings." <sighs> Every room I've ever spoken to throughout the country that. Comes at me within about three minutes of asking the women in the room what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's devastating. Mm-hmm. That's sad. It is. Yeah, and I'd be pissed if I woke up from that now, which is, I think what's happening, right? Yeah. So they're like, "What? I've been putting up with? That? Yeah. I've been putting up essentially with rape because mm-hmm. I, huh? Right. Of course they're pissed. Yeah." Of course. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know, you know, I used to try to bring it out and go, maybe there's something else we could do. You know, yeah. what what would be better? And then the same so so I I I'd, I'd go, guys, is this, you know, familiar to you? There there's now the guys go silent. Like this is stunning information to them. Right. And I go, so ladies, what, what could could we, if we if I had a clean slate, I could create a social order that was to your liking. Mm-hmm. What would I do? Mm-hmm. What would I just I have infinite powers. I can do it now. And again, silence. And then one hand goes up. I wish a guy would just sit and listen to me and talk with me. I'm like, hmm. talking. This does that have to a with sex? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They always, and then the, a, mm-hmm. a chorus would come in. Yes. If they were to mm-hmm. sit and listen and talk and exchange. And I would just point out to them, I go, yes, we used to call that a date. That's called a date. So you would like <laughs> That's to. That's not a hookup. <laughs> no, it's called a date. You would like to have. Right. A, and I go, how about you split a meal? <gasps> right. Oh my God. That'd be crazy. Right. And I'd talk.
1: Oh my God. Crazy.
0: And I, I, then I would point out to them all this fMRI research that shows mm-hmm. that males you can you activate appetite appetitive desire with visual imagery mm-hmm. they want what they see mm-hmm. doesn't work that way with about 80-90% of women women you activate appetite appetitive desires with intimate conversation right.
2: well i just want to tell you that there is an amazing book that you would love mm. and it's by Dr. Wednesday Martin mm. and it's called Untrue Ooh. and it it debunks all of the shitty research done on uh, really, gender relations mm-hmm. about what women want, about what men want. Um, one of those is that um, m- men are not as monogamous as women, which is not true. Oh, women right. actually, women want novelty. Yes, women want that's
0: true um, to and, have and more than to, one partner. need to really I mean, pay think attention about to that.
2: it. Like marriage is an institution made by mm-hmm. men for men. It works. For men. And that's mm, historically true.
0: I'm not sure that's true. It is, that that, is true. Well, the uh, anthropologist, Lionel Tiger, who is a famous Rutgers anthrop- anthropologist, would say, no, that's that's to keep you around to provide while they need the safety of r- the child-rearing phenomenon. Uh, he's a man. That's and, a, and ultimate uh, is an ultimate vulnerability. Anthropologist. When the
2: is. But marriage ultimately is an institution made by men for men. It works that, for men. To
0: the extent that men were in charge, that's necessarily true, right? Yes.
2: Yeah, so so – so, On every quality of life measure, men's quality of life when they're married goes up. Mm. Um, They have more sex than their single counterparts. Uh, They get paid more. Um, They're just happier. They live longer. For women, it's the exact opposite. So I think today some of the issues that is challenging in 2020 soon to be is how do we make marriage – appealing for women because i can't tell you drew how many times i hear a woman tell me that she's working full-time she's doing the laundry she's taking care of the kids she's doing the shopping she's doing everything That
0: about marriage though she'd be doing that if you're single too
2: but well i mean there are when you're living with someone there needs to be the point that i'm getting at is that under the house there is still a huge ism Mm. And that's sexism. Yes. Where, and I noticed it. I live in an incredibly liberal house. Okay. Mm -hmm. My, my, my husband is amazing. But I took notice that over the Thanksgiving holiday, everyone who had a vagina was in the kitchen. Mm. No dicks were there. Mm -hmm. All the vaginas were there. And that to me, and, and I live in a home where it's incredibly, You know, I talk about this kind of thing all the time, so my husband's very aware.
0: Would it have been uncomfortable for the women in the kitchen if a male suddenly joined them? No. No. I
2: think they would appreciate it. I I don't
0: think men know that.
2: And and women find men very sexy Mm -hmm. who are are taking part in household chores
0: and child-rearing. That's been shown a lot.
2: So – I, I, I question a lot of uh, the research that has been done on women and men because most of that research is done by men.
0: So well, it's just functional MRI data.
2: So I, I think that you would love this book. It's called Untrue yeah. by uh, Wednesday Martin. She's great. Well, the, the
0: functional MRI data, which is just just numbers, it's there's no men or women. The men mm-hmm. and women on the team that are that are evaluating the numbers, of course. Um, but it absolutely mirrored what I saw in every single room. In every single part of the country See, for years I, and years and years.
2: I think that's because women are conditioned that in order to have sex, they have to feel emotional about it. Mm. They have to, they've been conditioned that it needs to be intimate. I don't necessarily know if that's actually true. I think it's conditioning. So, um, I mean, you hear, it when you talk to women privately and you hear their private stories, um, sometimes they just want to have sex yes they don't want to have a conversation Mm -hmm. they don't want to talk Mm -hmm. you know they're they actually turn into what we would perceive as masculine qualities Mm -hmm. so i I just think it's around some have different
0: different times different different and some with different with different around different people
2: Mm -hmm. yeah no for sure sure anyway if i i find that the research the newer research fascinating Mm -hmm. um in terms of gender and what what is true and what isn't true, you know.
0: You've heard me speak about glutathione before. Glutathione, of course, is a powerful antioxidant. It may be useful in disease prevention, aging, bad habits, all things where glutathione levels decrease, leaving us exposed. Glutidose Wellness is an innovative supplement containing glutathione, not just glutathione, but vitamin C and zinc as well. Zinc has been largely ignored as an important supplement. It's all designed to raise glutathione levels and boost your immune system and hopefully improve overall health. Glutadose is a unique liquid formula. There's 400 milligrams of glutathione plus that vitamin C and zinc, as I mentioned. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to glutadose.com, G-L-U-T-A, dose.com, one word, slash Dr. Drew, D-R-D-R-E-W. Use promo code Dr. Drew five. And one more time, I'm sure you've heard about glutathione, and this is a great way to get that. Not just the glutathione, but also the vitamin C and zinc you need. And I want to introduce you to Health IQ. Look, you take care of your health, uh, and yet you're the one that shoulders the insurance burden of people that are not doing so. You may have overpaid and subsidized those who are less health conscious. Well, Health IQ knows that and uses science and data to secure lower rates for people like you on their life insurance. If you're a runner or a cyclist, Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have lower risk of heart disease, cancer, diabetes. Health IQ IQ takes the customers through an entire process of applying, and the policy is then underwritten by one of the top insurance partners. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else, and you must qualify to get that special rate. So to see if you qualify, go to Health IQ. It is one word, H-E-A-L-T-H-I-Q healthiq.com slash Drew, not Dr. Drew, just Drew, to take the proprietary test Health IQ quiz. Depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that is healthiq.com slash Drew to let them know we sent you and start the process with the Health IQ quiz. No commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. One more time, that is healthiq.com slash Drew. Well, of course, our friends at Blinkist. Blinkist is for anyone who cares about doesn't have a lot of time. Isn't that all of us? Blinkist takes the key insights from over 3000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories and condenses them down to 15 minute blinks. Text or audio explainers that help you understand more about the core ideas in each book. I use Blinkist uh, when I'm working out. I mean, it's a perfect time to do it when I'm driving. I mean, I, I like double dual tasking and so it makes great use of my time. Things like, well, uh, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahn- Kahneman. I mean, these are great books and they're complicated and they take a long time to read, but not with Blinkist. And right now, Blinkist has a special offer for just our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Drew to start your seven day trial and get twenty-five percent off of Blinkist premium membership. That is Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Drew to get that twenty-five percent off and seven day free trial. Blinkist.com slash Drew. Do it now. It's still it's still for the most part the same data just being reinterpreted. Which is fine. Which is good. Mm-hmm. So we had to, maybe I ought to do a book on that.
2: Well, it's already been written. You should read it.
0: Well, there's a bunch of them. There's a there's a ton of them. <laughs> this is so good though. This is so, really I, good. Because I, I, I'm – there's a book I am writing with my daughter and she's a gender everything, fender, feminist, all that stuff. And so she, we're reading all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. uh, in the gender mm-hmm. zone. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the science that I have found that she's throwing me as, you know, universally the, the definition, the reason we should have certain interpretations of the data, mm-hmm. most of the science is very bad. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for good science. Oh, great. So, yeah. So we'll find it. Yeah, so, that's good. Love but it. But uh, there's a podcast I, will, I listen to. Let me, I think it's called Inqu- Not Inquiring Minds. And she did. She's really a great scientist. I love she the name inter- of that inquiring mind. Oh, that was good. That's Indrum Felskanta. She's unbelievable. Um, oh crap! Oh, rashly speaking, it's rashly speaking. And uh, she's she's a she's a well trained scientist, and she's constantly like, wait a minute, these. <laughs> These positions are built on bad science and yes. she's constantly debunking stuff. So uh, Rashley Speaking is a very good episode, a good podcast if you're interested in that stuff. Yeah. You, I love that. Do you that. listen to a lot of podcasts? I listen to crazy. Movies. I
2: mean, I only really listen to yours. What?
1: <laughs> That's bullshit.
2: Um, you know, good answer. I don't really – I don't watch any television.
1: Mm.
2: Um. And so I, I do like listening to things because I feel like it's, it's more imaginative. Um, but I'm a big reader. I love reading. Um, I have over 10,000 books. What
0: kind of stuff are you reading now?
2: Which is a lot. Well, I just got done reading this untrue book mm. that I absolutely
0: loved. Like a, I'm getting my Amazon out right Yeah, now. no,
2: you, it's so good.
0: <clears throat> Keep going, and what then
2: else? I and now <clears throat> I'm reading. Oh, it's such a strange name, but it's about raising boys and mm. boys in their teenage years.
0: Mm. And
2: <laughs> let me see what else. What are you learning? Um, have you ever read The Omnivore's Dilemma?
0: Thank you. I have read that. That's yeah. one of my favorite books yeah. of all time.
2: Yeah. I reread it probably every year.
0: Oh well, that's cool. Um, is that Michael Pollan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love his stuff. He's fantastic. Did you read his hallucinogen stuff?
2: I, I'm reading that now. Yeah. I have to put it down though. It's not for me, it doesn't feel like a easy breezy read. Like it isn't a it book isn't. you take on the beach. No, no, no. Like it's, you have to fantastic. really take a good two hours of yeah. your time and be like, like, I'm gonna read this book.
0: Gary, it's like eight hundred degrees in here. Could you help us again with the with the temperature? Thank you. Um Yeah, but Michael's a great writer and a great and he mm-hmm. and he he asks the right questions in that in that particular book. And yeah. I'm not sure he has a full, it leaves you to drive your own conclusions mm-hmm. to a large extent, which mm-hmm. is smart because the data just, again, silly, we, we are so behind in so many scientific uh, right. pursuits, in particular when it comes to certain chemicals mm-hmm. that we've decided were evil for a long time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I love to, to to read. I don't really watch a lot of television. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I, and I think that's. Nonfiction? You know, that, 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 non-fiction? That's, oh, let me tell you, I just got done reading Fugitive Pieces, which is fiction, and it is amazing. What's it's it an about old mean? book. Oh, you have to read it. You just have to read it. I don't want to give okay, it away. Okay. But it reads like poetry. Yeah. It is beautiful. Mm. And I usually don't read fiction. I usually am such a nonfiction reader, yeah, just too. like a, sort of a information seeker. Um, but this is beautiful. It was really beautiful. How did you, get,
0: how did you find your way to it?
2: My uh, mother-in-law, who uh, passed away, I found it in my drawer. And she had a note. And it was like, oh, my God. Wow, that's amazing. Mm. It felt like...
0: She like giving you a message from beyond. He,
2: he, well... I'm not one of those. I don't think like that, but it felt she beautiful.
0: Was. It I felt mean, beautiful yeah.
2: to to open the book and read that and be yeah. like, wow, like she gave me like such a gift and it's such a beautiful book. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Fugitive Pieces okay. if you, if Fugitive. For, 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 your, for your fiction.
1: Gary, give me that, give me that one, Fugitive Pieces. <laughs> That's coming in now. I mean, here it is. <laughs> here <laughs> <looks> <laughs> like, <laughs> sending me all these Amazon links. <laughs> looks like they made a movie out of that one. <laughs> oh, really? They made a
2: movie? Yeah. Oh my God. Not a
1: big one, but in 2007.
2: Your you know, peers. do people actually hmm. go out and seek information anymore, or do you feel- I feel
0: like they do in podcasting world. yeah, I feel that's sort of how they they like getting it a little passively. Uh, I think we're not good readers anymore for the most part. yeah, when did you become a good reader? How were you as a kid? Well,
2: I loved reading. A child, I'm a big reader see? I mean, and you know unlike medical school when you get a PhD you're really you're really stamina on reading and Mm -hmm, writing mm -hmm. at the end of the day that's really what it is Um, so I've always been uh, I've always loved to read Um, you know even in my uh, (laughs) blue collar shitty neighborhood (laughs) where'd you grow up again I grew up in Delaware County which is which is uh, on the west edge of Philly so we were right on the border of 69th street which is the city Um, and then the shitty suburbs that are after that. But I want to tell you, it's the best place on earth. It is the best place on earth. I cannot tell you. And it's so unique and it's so interesting. Um, that being said, educational pursuits really, uh, weren't part of the, exactly, exactly weren't part of that narrative. Exactly. Um, but, uh, I just, my mom introduced me to books because she was a huge reader and that's how it just caught on How did you for meet me. your husband? I met my husband in New York City. Hmm. It's not romantic. What were you doing in New York? It's Well, I was getting um, my master's degree oh, that's at right. a, a New York you. University. Yes, yeah. right. I went my undergrad there, my right. master's degree there.
0: Right. And
2: so it isn't <clears throat> romantic. It isn't like sexy. It isn't anything. It's all good. Um, <laughs> so um, this is, we met in a bar where that used to be the mating and dating places for human beings. Mm-hmm. We met in in a bar and um you know he tells the story very differently than i do he says and then i i i just saw her from across the room and i knew Mm -hmm. that she would be my wife i just knew it that i was going to spend the rest of my life with her
0: men experience that phenomenon like 10 to 1 over women
2: okay so that is true because i tell the story this way I looked across the room and I said, I'm going to f- – I can't wait to fuck him. This is going to be amazing. So <laughs> we tell the story very differently. Yeah. Um, for for yeah. men
0: – I talked to another anthropologist who had studied this and, he, and she said – because she was studying love at first sight mm-hmm. and she felt men – way more than women have experienced that. Mm-hmm. And she said but really what she's finding is that it was lust at first sight that worked out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's,
0: that goes down in the memory as love at first sight. <laughs> So you're you're actually maybe you had the same experience right. you're just more honest about it. I'm just more honest it. about it. Yeah,
2: so. You can't wait to fuck his brains out. This is going to be great. Um yeah, so that's how how we met. And um you know, it was it's it's interesting because I always describe when you meet someone like let's just say you're in an airport. And I have a red suitcase and that other person has a red suitcase. And you're like, oh, my God, you have a red suitcase? I have a red suitcase. We should get out on this plane together. We should fly somewhere. And so you then get into a relationship and you're flying, you know, wherever you're going across the world. And then your destination happens and you open up the luggage and you begin to take out all of your baggage. Uh, And it's all different. Mm -hmm. And it's all, you know what I mean? So I always say that, like, I feel like my husband and my Baggage mesh. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, how many, if, he, how many if tw- 20 – He would kill me for this. He, he's, he's, he's the counter. Um, no, not 27. 22, 23.
0: Yeah. And so I would argue that scripts, people say, you know, the similar scripts, similar mm-hmm. things that you expect of marriage, mm-hmm. similar likes, similar. Well, I never similar. wanted to be married. Mm-hmm.
2: I never wanted to be married or have kids. They were the two best decisions I never made. He made them. He is a great like family person and like, he makes good family choices. Um, I just didn't want to be. I just never saw that for myself.
0: Did he have to leverage you into that? Yeah,
2: yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why can't we just live like, you know, Goldie Hawn and um, Kurt, Russell. Kurt Russell? Like, why can't we do that? And he's like, well, when you have kids, it's a little bit different and blah, blah, blah. But I, none of that matters. I, I just sort of was afraid that I maybe wouldn't be a good wife or a good mother. At the I'll end come. of the day, I was scared. Okay. Um I think that I watched my parents who are still married, but they were children when they got married. Like mm. my mother never went to high school. Oof. Um my father's an auto mechanic. They have been married for over 50 something years. Um so like it's well, actually, let me see.
0: It's like Sicilian fiddler on the roof.
2: Yeah. So I watched them grow up like my mother was 16 and a half when she had me and like 15 when she had my, my younger sister so it's a lot um Oof. so i kind of looked at this and I'm like oh i don't want to have that um and i just didn't feel confident in
0: the i had, uh, I had a similar thing where I, my my parents relationship did not look happy to me and i was mm-hmm. like Ugh. so you get married then you die that's, that's sort of how it works.
2: You get married and then you get unhappy.
0: Just, and then you die. Just, you have your fun, married death. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sort of how it looked. That's how the, 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 the forward motion of the life looked to me.
2: And how did you, um, how did you overcome that?
0: Uh, I had a shocking experience at the altar where I was like, oh my God, this is exactly where I want to be. This is fuck anybody that said anything bad about this relationship mm-hmm. or marriage generally this mm-hmm. is precisely where i want to be mm-hmm. and then we were into kids pretty quick and that's what we then became, you just started. that's what we were we were yeah. we, we went overnight you, you kind of have a little bit of this gary you know, yeah we became parents but we were I had a
1: weird thing where I was at the altar and I was like, "Fuck, that's Doctor Drew standing right there." <laughs> I, I did, the, I did their wedding. I did. <laughs>
2: Brilliance.
0: <laughs>
2: you asked for it. I it wasn't, wasn't my idea. I no, I couldn't believe you had actually
1: done it. I was like, "Holy shit, he's standing right there!" And I, <laughs> yeah, we were into we were into kids quick too.
2: He is so nice.
1: He's the best. He really
2: is. Yeah. Do you have trouble saying no?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have said no to Gary, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I could say no. You did say no at first. <laughs>
1: You said no and so, then thought about it for 4 days yeah. and felt guilty and came back. That's well, it's all the same It's not
0: being able to say no however it manifests. You can have different kind of time horizons to it. No, I, didn't I make was It, come to New it York. was a privilege to do it because I'll tell you why I liked it because you took care of everything for me. I tried? Yeah, so it made it, he made it very easy. And, oh, and that's so that good. was that was nice. And uh, and it was funny and fun to get to know his family and think, mm-hmm. look at what they were looking at and stuff and think about it. And so it's fun. It was good.
2: You also mentioned something the last time I was here about codependency. And I really loved what you said, that people love is codependent, which is true like, it, it, to a degree. It, it, to a degree.
0: It, I think I was probably talking about um, enmesh, not enmeshment so much as uh, fusion. mm mm-hmm. That, that real intense love is a fusion, Mm -hmm. right? You lose your boundary, you lose your Mm -hmm. body boundaries, you Mm -hmm. lose your emotional boundaries with that other person. But, to be able to do it and still be yourself and be able to move in and out of it mm-hmm. flexibly and easily
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's where it becomes the difference between health and not health yeah. some people the boundaries stay blurred all the time mm-hmm. that's very common mm-hmm. and that's that's where the codependency becomes would a you more describe yourself
2: that i think I'm a codependent. Point, oh, yeah. you oh, are
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say no, I couldn't say no to, to adjudicating a <laughs> i can't say no <laughs> just to be, to be <laughs> went out to Laguna and being officiating a marriage. I've never done that before. So
2: <laughs> I, so, I'm getting better at saying no. Me too. Uh, I'm getting better. Because yeah, I think when you get older, yes, you're just that like, that fuck this shit.
0: That has something to do with it. Right? I agree with you're you. You're just guys.
2: older and you're like – you almost like don't have the emotional – you can't please everybody. You
0: know what? It's, I'm just laughing at myself thinking about what. Why, one of the things that makes it easier for me is I have – I had an insane memory when I was – throughout my life like mm-hmm. like like i can remember my the the, the furniture in my room and what was oh, on the wall too. when i was under two years of age yeah yeah and, and it was just i just had this crazy memory throughout my life. that's kind of faded so i can say no and not keep thinking about it, <laughs> it doesn't bother me so much <laughs> you don't ruminate on I don't, it i don't think about it i forget about it it's easier to forget
2: a, <laughs> that is true yeah. because i I'll, i would be this i'm this well i'm Getting better at not ruminating over things as much where I did before. Um, Do you did, have you have, any, is, did you have any trauma in your oh, yeah, yeah. young age? Because sure. usually that's what sets your I memory know. off.
0: Yes, it does. Okay. It's, it's why you okay. start rehearsing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you grew up in trauma too. Yeah, so yeah. It's similar. Just you know, I, my mother was a mm, traumatic, traumatizing, mm-hmm. and um,
2: in what way, like abusive, physically abusive, no, emotionally abusive, emotionally abusive. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. a lot of yelling. Like yelling, mm-hmm. yelling. I would say that I had. Never heard yelling like that until I spent time in the locked unit of the psychiatric hospital as a as a caretaker. Yeah. I would occasionally hear people yelling like that. I mm-hmm. oh that's that's was that. she suffering? From something. Mm-hmm. But my dad was a physician and covered and, you know, mm-hmm. made sure it didn't get out or mm-hmm. who knows what the hell they were doing. Yeah. Whatever. That that generation of physicians had Speaking of bad boundaries, yeah. horrible boundaries. Mm. They took care of their own family members. They, yeah. it didn't. They these were no, terrible. I, I, with that I, my stuff.
2: my husband's father, um, it was Dr. Richard Johnson, and he is one of the, um, uh, I guess I don't like the word founding because it's not doesn't make sense. But virology, he mm-hmm. discovered the field of, mm-hmm. of virology, and it's very Columbia? true. Is it Columbia? No, um, uh, Hopkins. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was their sitting chair, I think, for like thirty mm. years or something like that. And that is very true. So what you're saying that is very similar about there's sort of this boundary oh, the blurring, yeah, in, yeah. A, in a way. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: The, the grandiosity and mm-hmm. the, oh, it's just really. Just really. Mm-hmm. I remember, listen, I, I I witnessed. Oh my god, we, we should have reported this back in those days. Uh, a physician come to take care of his daughter in a hospital and insisting on doing her pelvic exam himself.
2: Mm. Okay.
0: Because he wouldn't dare have another person touch her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't
0: that's my father-in-law. Bound- <laughs> I'm just saying that's the kind of crazy <laughs> yeah, boundary no, stuff for that sure. they would just do. For sure. We're talking for about sure. the 70s now.
2: Yeah. So are you saying that your dad had this happening? That He, not, he not had bad, bad boundaries because he would yet.
0: take care of family and stuff like that, but but he was taking care of my mother in some way and uh-huh. keeping her glued together in some yeah. way. Not good. Codependent. But, yeah, it's codependency. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. that that too. And uh, and then I would, you know, I didn't make sure if he knew what I was absorbing.
2: Mm-hmm. He wasn't aware of it, or probably
0: never got exposed to what I was. What I was exposed to. Wow. Because you know, there's always always, and my sister thinks I'm just an evil, cruel person for being mean to my mom mm-hmm. <laughs> for talking for in mm-hmm. the other than glowing way. Mm-hmm. But I absorbed a lot for a long time. Well, you can have.
2: You can have complex thoughts. You can mm-hmm. have more than one feeling. You can love someone very much For sure. and, and, and know.
0: And I can have distorted memories too. And whatever yeah. it was, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was, like I said, I remember the that kind of screaming and yelling that I'd never seen mm-hmm. except in a psychiatric hospital.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you think that's why you got into the field you're in? I
0: do. Well, I think the, it's hard to say, but in the. Uh, I got interested in adolescent health, which is what Loveline was all about, mm-hmm. because when I was in college at 19, I started having panic attacks and depression, really disabling panic attacks. And I was mismanaged completely for a couple of years. And it was suffering. Wow. And that – because there was <laughs> there was no adolescent health. It didn't exist then. Wow. And there was no experts in the mm-hmm. field was no nothing. Mm-hmm. I, went, I remember I went down to the um, – the collegiate. I was in a small college in New England. I went down to the the health center, and something was wrong with me. And the doctor looks at me. Some old retired physician who was just giving his time to the college. You know, a couple of days a week. Looks at me, and goes, "You need to get your shit together. Take long walks in the woods. Just take long walks." Mm-hmm. I was like, I, if that if that would do it, I of course I would do that. Get my shit together. I happily, mm-hmm. I was disabled with panic wow. and inter- and depression totally mismanaged. Mm-hmm. And I thought I never want anybody else to go through that in their adolescence. And there should be, there's there is clearly, even as a adolescent myself, I was 19 years old, I could see there were unique needs that just Nobody was there to meet.
2: I love when I hear stories about people who get into their field really and they're able to be honest about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, this happened to me mm-hmm. and I want to make sure it doesn't happen again. Like that's. Yeah.
0: And, and I, and I the, the psychi- getting involved in this addiction medicine was a total fluke. And even the psychiatric stuff was kind of a fluke. I was just moonlighting during my medical residency and I just got more and more and more interested in it. I, I wouldn't say it had the same kind of, um, Drive that the adolescent thing did mm-hmm. that that really was like I don't want anybody to go through that anymore. There, there's got to be and the field developed. And I thought ah I want to be part of that.
2: That's a uh, that's an amazing story. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard that before that one before hmm? from you. Yeah, i'm saying. I mean, I listen to your podcast all the time. Yeah, I just never heard that one. I'm sure you do.
1: <laughs> so, and so,
0: so and so so anything like that for you? I'm supposed to be interviewing you. I
2: um I I felt at a very early age I was given the flag to problem solve. Hmm. Um, and I think that I... For your family? Yes. Hmm. So I think that I um, someone...
0: Were you the hero? So, someone kind of the
2: gives you a, yeah, a yeah. flag right. and you can either take it or not. Were the, were the, <laughs> but,
0: but there's different roles that people... Was there alcoholism in your family? Or
2: something uh, no. no something? no, no, no. no.
0: Is, is, were you this was all
2: done with a straight mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was
0: all done. Were you also a hero to the family?
2: Um, I think that, you know, The name Venus – so like we going back to the name, we've come full circle. So we have like Victoria is the oldest, Catherine, Danielle, Matthew, and I'm the second oldest, and Venus. So in a way, it kind of sets up that – you have to be doing something. Why are you on your phone? You're not even listening to me. I am me. listening to you because somebody texted me. This is why me. I'm interviewing you.
0: Somebody texted me and I had to respond. Totally so fucked you up. Yeah, Listeners, I just want you
2: to know that he's on oh, his phone. Oh,
0: <laughs> They hear this from Adam all the time. Every freaking day. But with Adam, if I even look at my phone, he has a shit fit. So.
2: Really? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to have a ship fit, but I'll call you on it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hear the story or I not? I do. Okay. So at the end of the day, I just would we would sit on the stoop. All of our houses were connected because we lived in row homes, and I would listen to the women talk about these problems as if they were unsolvable. Mm-mm. They would talk about these issues, and I remember this from a very young age. I must have been four or five years old when I was like, "What kinds of problems? I, just relational problems, mm. um, money problems." But it wasn't, and as obviously as I got older, I was able to be like, "Oh, this isn't about that. This is about this." But I, I never really said anything. I just was like, "These problems are solvable. We can solve this." That's kind of cool. And I like so, story. I and that's really how I got into it. Of mm-hmm. like this, this is we can do this, you know. And I, I really do believe, and I don't think people need more psychologists. I think people need more community. And I more friends. Totally agree with you. And I, I think, and, and and we
0: have you did you have come along at a time when the the cognitive revolution has occurred too, so you can help them solve their problems as community and friends. Mm-hmm, they don't mm-hmm. need psychologists for yeah. that. Yeah.
2: So I I think that that was my early mm-hmm. lesson in like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And so I started doing that at a very young age and um, probably badly. <laughs> and so I decided to do it as a as an older adult.
0: Yeah, people used to come to me with stuff, too, and I think about it, in college particularly, but I, I was not the right person to be. I, I was a good listener, always.
2: Well, that's and the that's, thing. I and, and that's, and I, But I think that that is what Even takes, though you think I'm not because you're I looked at you're you're my your, phone. How dare phone. you? How dare you? you listening to me, anyway. <laughs> um, but I, I, that sometimes is all it takes to solve a problem, is to be fully oh, present yeah. oh, and aware yeah. and listening. Well, I think we
0: talked about this once before. I know we talked about it at the 90 Second Street. Why? Hmm. Which is... It's fully present and aware, and listening with your whole body. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I remember I was kind of talking about that. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, Is, we
2: were talking about Porges,
0: Doctor yes, Porges, yes, yes. where
2: he talks about. Uh, you sent me the article, or Gary sent me the you, article. You should talk to him. He's the great ears, guy. your ears will adjust. Attuned they to actually vocal move. Yes, to the person. You love
0: it's it's the ossicles. It's the tiny bones in your ear have two muscles attached to them, and the muscle will adjust so it can get the tone mm-hmm. on the prosody of, say, mom. Mm-hmm. It will tune into literally like a tuning in mm-hmm. sort of a mechanism. And it's connected to our vagal nerve. and our vagal nerve is the main outflow from our heart. Huh. Interesting.
2: It's fascinating. So our
0: body is this gigantic instrument and we have all these huge plexuses of nerve in our gut and our chest and our abdomen that we don't know what they're processing. We don't know how they work, but we do know a lot of the information is coming back. Mm -hmm. And so when you get a feeling, a gut feeling, or my heart hurts, that's really happening. Yeah. That's that's where feelings come from is Mm -hmm. your body. And they are processed in your brain and they are reflected in things in your brain. But the real experiences in your body, and you can listen with your body.
2: I mean, in our Western society, we always sort of chop off our heads from yes, our body. Yes. We don't really think Descartes. about it. This as is Descartes'
0: error. Is, 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 this is it, his integrate. error. Yeah, exactly. A, but but you should know that now they really the, the conversation is about the embedded brain. Mm. So I should the,
2: know. Thank you for mansplaining again. This no, is so great. No,
0: not mansplaining. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> saying it's my, it's my field. Uh, this you is know my mean? day to bust your balls. Yeah, I, I recognize <laughs> that, but 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 that in the in the field the the the, the, the movement it's a move to to the embedded brain. And in, and the brain is not just embedded in a body, right? It's embedded with a spinal cord, it's embedded in a body. The body's embedded in a environment mm-hmm. and it's embedded in a society and in an interpersonal context. Yeah. And so this embeddedness – you know, Heidegger, his whole philosophy was about being in the world, that there was sort of a fundamental inextricability of being. And being in the world, mm-hmm. you were born into the world. He called it thrownness. You're thrown into the world. You're not floating in space. Even that's a beingness in a, an environment, and uh, you cannot extract the, the person from the environment in a, in a meaningful way or fully. It,
2: the complexity is amazing, right? When you really think about yes. it in those terms, which yes. we usually don't yes. think about it in those yes.
0: terms. It's now, 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 Gary. You've sat through how many Sean Carroll uh, interviews? At least two. Three, three, two or three, yeah. Yeah. Do you understand why th- that – his stuff then really interests me as the next layer on this? So we're talking about existing as beings in the world in space-time and Sean and I – tell us the episodes of those when we finish talking. Uh, is talking about the fact that there's something form- more fundamental than space and time or space-time mm-hmm. and that we're all part of a – we're probably more emergent properties of some wave function.
2: That is mind-blowing. Is that
0: fantastic? So I God, I you need now, pot for this. And, well, now you've got to listen to my podcast. I did three this is amazing. Yeah, he, listen to Sean, Sean Carroll. He's a Caltech professor, and I got his podcast, which is called Mindscape,
1: and I dragged him in there and said, okay, let's have at it. So what numbers? 389 and 403, and there may be another one coming out soon. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, I listen to those.
0: <laughs> Email them to Dr. V. All right, listen. We have um, – You've said it all. I love
2: you. I love you. I love you. you, I love you this except there, that.
0: This, except what? <laughs> that I
2: love you. I oh, said it oh, all oh, but that I, I love you. It. I accept thought,
0: I accept thought, I, mean, I thought you meant EXC, no, ex- no, not ACC. Accept, <laughs> accept it. I accepted. <laughs> except for that. Except for you're looking at your phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get enough of that at home. Trust me. Um, but here we are. Yes. So it's a privilege seeing you again. Oh, and thanks, thanks for you, having me Thank on. you for the New York trip. I really enjoyed that whole experience. So fun. Yeah. It was great. And, it, and even the whole challenge of the classroom and stuff like that, everything about it was fun and good and i think and i think everyone in that room had an experience oh, too they by did. The way. yeah and i thought that was kind of cool um, you're
2: the best thank so you th- for saying
0: yes Anytime, you, what, whatever you, whatever We're I, just, I, know, I don't say no. You can ask me to adjudicate a marriage or divorce, whatever you want. give me time. So, just, so I, I travel too. He evidently, travels. I'll go to Orange County to do this stuff.
1: So, so.
0: all right, but uh, again, it's always a privilege. Everybody, check out Marriage Bootcamp Reality Stars. have New episodes Friday at nine on WeTV TV, and follow Dr. V at Dr underscore V underscore tweet, and we'll see you then. Thank you okay, so much. Bye.